Hey guys, Todd Sachs of Sachs Realty, and welcome to this episode of Things You Should Know. And today, Melissa and I are honored to be speaking with Katie Lance. I met Katie, um, if, if you're a real estate agent and you're part of Inman at all, and you've ever been to Inman Connect, you may know Katie Lance. She's one of the keynote speakers there at Inman Connect. I met her this past January, and um, she has a, a great book out called Get Social Smart. She has a audio podcast and she has a, um, a, a YouTube channel and she posts quite frequently. Her audio podcast, I think, is uh, every Friday and her uh, YouTube is every Wednesday. So, um, guys, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that Katie's information is in the show notes. And uh, coming all the way from California, Katie Lance, welcome. Thank you, Todd. Thank you so much, Melissa. I appreciate uh, you inviting me to be here today. I'm excited to have a good conversation. We're excited to have Yeah, we're, we're very excited. Um, you know, we're, we're all familiar with social media. I think it's, you know, now 10 years into this thing with Facebook and, and, um, and the various platforms, I, I think we all um, know about it, but we're hoping to learn a lot more today and sort of like a more of a intermediate uh, to advanced conversation um, I know in our industry, being real estate agents, uh, so many of us with the average age of like being in the mid to late 50s, um, we, you know, we've seen our kids or, you know, some grandkids that are, that are doing it and, uh, and we've kind of been pushing back. So um, go ahead and dive right in. I mean, just, just tell everybody exactly what you do and, and um, you know, your consulting business, just take a minute and just kind of bring everybody up to speed about you. Absolutely. So I run a social media marketing firm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, we've been running our company for about eight years now. Uh, I run it <clears throat> side by side with my husband. So he's my partner in life, partner in business. And we really focus on helping real estate agents get smarter about social media. Um, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of training, uh, a lot of virtual training now <laughs> these days. And uh, that, that's, that's really our mission is just to help agents and brokers get smarter about how to use social media. There's so many tools out there and things seem to change all the time, but I think the, the basics uh, don't change. And that is that real estate uh, and business in general is typically speaking a people business, right? And just because you're using social media or technology doesn't mean that you can't still be intentional about you know, using those tools in a really smart way. So I'm excited to, to dive in and share some of that, uh, some of that stuff today. Yeah. So let's, uh, the, the hot, uh, platform right now we hear a lot about is TikTok. So what's going on with TikTok? Should people in their fifties be on TikTok? <laughs> uh, TikTok is, is a lot of fun. I mean, <clears throat> I'm on TikTok, although I haven't actually created anything. I'm a little bit of a a watcher, I guess, a lurker <laughs> right now, which, which honestly, I, I always say when anything new comes out, that's a great way to just determine if a platform is for you. Download it, check it out, watch what other people are doing, and that'll give you a good sense if you should be on it or not. And I will say TikTok skews really, really young. You know, the, the biggest demographic right now are typically teenagers through, you know, folks in the early 20s. Um, so it may not be for everyone, although I have seen people of, of literally all different ages who are active on TikTok. It started off as kind of a lip syncing app, and there's still a lot of that on there. Uh, but there's all, also all different types of people. I've seen medical professionals on there and interior designers and 
you know, <clears throat> a wide variety of people. So I think it comes down to who, who is your audience? Who are you trying to uh, attract? And I always say this with any platform, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, who is your ideal client? What, you know, what is their, what is their age range? What do they look like? Who do you want to work with? And that should be a big determining factor when figuring out what platforms to be on, whether it's TikTok or anything else. So in the real estate industry, it may not be the right platform for us to be spending our time on right now. Probably. I mean, for some people, yes. Like if you are, if your target market, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of quote unquote younger and by younger, I just mean like the number, <laughs> you know, age is a state of mind, but like there's certainly some folks who are in their twenties and thirties that are doing some great stuff on TikTok because that's who their customer is right now. They're, they are, they are working with first time home buyers. So they're working with a lot of renters. Um, and if that's your target market, that's great. But if it's not, then it may not be the place for you. Yeah. So what is the hottest place for a real estate agent, uh, you know, to be spending their time on? I think right now it's really two places. I think Facebook is still a huge platform for most people. I mean, just about everybody's on Facebook. Um, it's certainly, you know, not the place for kids. All the kids have left and they're now on TikTok, <laughs> right? Um, so I think Facebook for sure, but, but followed very closely, if not neck and neck, um, would be Instagram. And I think a lot of people are not even as active on Facebook as maybe they used to be because there's a lot of noise on Facebook. There's a lot of politics and just, just a lot of noise, quite frankly. And so Instagram, I think works really well for real estate because it's an aspirational platform. It's just photos, it's just videos. And with all the new features on Instagram, like Instagram stories, IGTV, um, Instagram live, like there's so much that you can do on Instagram. And the agents and brokers that we work with that are getting a lot of results from social media they're active on Facebook, but they're also really active on Instagram. So I think both of those are big, big opportunities. So you're seeing a, a big uh, transition towards Instagram. Absolutely. And not just the Instagram feed, but Instagram stories. I, I, it seems like a lot of folks are on Instagram, you know, and they'll post their listings or they'll post a few photos in their feed, which is how Instagram started, right? It started with just a feed of photos and then they integrated videos. But stories came out about a year or two ago, and I think stories are blowing up. You know, if you, if you, as you know, when you, when you log into Instagram at the very top of your feed, those little circles across the top, those little bubbles, those are stories. And that's, that's prime real estate, no pun intended, right? Yeah. That's an opportunity for, for people to share kind of the behind the scenes, right? Like the, the story behind the story, the, the day to day. And in real estate, as we all know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. But I also think they do business with people they relate to and using stories, especially Instagram stories, but also Facebook stories is an opportunity to share that kind of unfiltered, not so perfect view of ourselves. Katie, how would you say like you do the stories correctly? Because sometimes you see the stories and they're kind of just not, I just sequentially, how does it all make sense to be able to do it? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I first started doing stories, I feel like it was a bit ran random, right? It was like, oh, I'll just post this or I'll repost this. It had like sort of no rhyme or reason, but I think that's how a lot of people start. And I, I think that, I think it's fine to start that way. One of the ways that you, I think, learn something is you learn by doing and you realize, oh, that worked, that didn't work. I don't, you know, and you kind of get your own, your own um, vibe, I guess, so to speak. But I think the the power in a story is that there is a story. So a good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And so that might be that you're telling the story of a client. You know, it could be 
you know, not just, Hey, I've got a new listing or, Hey, I've worked with this client, but it's like, how did that happen? And maybe it's, it's one or two quick videos or written text where you're kind of leading up to what the story is, you know, once upon a time, this client reached out to me and then this is what happened. And then this happened. And so you kind of, if you can kind of think about it in story format and, and a story might be three, four, five, maybe even up to six or seven pieces of a story. But your story could also be what happens during the day. And that's where you see a lot of my stories. I tend to start my story in the morning and I, I get into a routine. A lot of times I'll share my coffee mug, right? That's kind of like my beginning of my day. And then I'll usually share a few things that happen business-wise. Personally, I've got two kids and a cat and that's always, you know, lots of, <laughs> lots of entertaining that stuff happens there. And then, you know, we wrap it up. And so for me, it's more of like the story of my day. But again, for you, it might be like the story of a client or the story of a situation or a learning. Sometimes it's like something, a lesson learned. Hey, I watched a movie and I got inspired by this. And so that I feel like is a little bit more of an advanced technique. And once you get going with stories, you can kind of start to, to think about that, you know? Um, and I, I try to do that with my content. Instead of just saying, hey, I've got a new video out, I might ask a question, say, have you ever had this problem? Have you ever asked yourself x y and z has this ever been an issue great we recorded a video that answers x y and z like here's the link like let me know if you have any questions and it becomes sort of this story arc not just here's a piece of content <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so do you, do you do this um throughout the course of the day or do you kind of like plan the story because i know um, I'm not as familiar with Instagram, but Facebook and, you know, so-and-so added to the story or, you know, so you get alerts for that. Do you recommend that you sort of plan the story out and post everything at one time, or do you recommend going through the day with the various posts? I mean, I think for most of us, you know, for a lot of people, we're busy, we're, you know, we're, we're on the go. And it, on one hand, it would be great if we planned everything out. <laughs> there are certain things that I think to myself, I go, okay, that makes sense. Let's plan this out. And then other times it's more of in the moment, right? Um, so I, I think there's a balance. I will say though, a lot of times I don't necessarily post in my story right as it's happening. So with a story, it's photos and it's also 15 second videos. And you can actually upload a one minute video that gets chopped into 15 seconds. So what I try to do, and I've actually been trying to do this for years, is I look at my life as content. As I'm out and about, or even right now, I'm at home, right? We're working from home, I'm doing a lot of virtual meetings, I'm doing you know, stuff remotely. Where are there moments of the day where I can kind of share that? And so I'll take a picture, I'll take a video, and then sometimes later in the day as I'm eating lunch, I'll go back and go, okay, what am I going to share? What parts of this am I going to share to my story? So instead of just kind of randomly doing it through the day, I might take pictures or videos or kind of think about it. And then at certain points, I'll kind of put it all together, if that makes sense. It does. So what about posting, you know, you have Facebook stories. So should you post the same story to, I know it's an option on Instagram. If you want to post it to Facebook, do you recommend doing that or having different content for each platform? So I, th I think you can, and there's certain things that I share from Instagram to Facebook. I think you just want to be careful though. I mean, as much as Facebook and Instagram are similar, they're similar, but different, right? I always say it's like, you know, English in the United States and English in the UK. Well, they're similar, but totally different, right? <laughs> and so I try to think about it that way. So what I guess what I, what I do, I have an Instagram 
business account. I had a personal account for a long, long, long time. And I decided to change my personal Instagram to a business account. Now I still post things that are personal. In fact, probably half of what I post is personal, but by having a business account, I can now run ads and I have analytics and I can schedule posts. So there's just more bells and whistles. So that being said, when I post my Instagram stories, if I share to Facebook, it's going to share to my Facebook business page. Well, my Facebook business page is pretty much all business. I don't have pictures of my kids up on my business page. It's just, it doesn't quite fit because it's a Facebook business page. So what I do is I will do my Instagram story. And then if there's anything business related, I will share that business related, that one part of my story over to my Facebook business page, if that makes sense. So like sure. today I was doing a webinar and I had some other stuff with the kids, the two or three stories that had to do with my webinar, which was business related, I shared that to my business page um, through that story. So it's a little bit of yes and no, if that makes sense. I, sure. And then some of that personal stuff, I will cross post that to my personal profile um, on Facebook. And since I have all that stuff on my phone, a lot of times it's posting it once on Instagram and once on Facebook. Some people feel like that's, that's overkill. I feel like for most people, they're on one or the other. Not a lot are super active on both. Some are like super social media stars <laughs> are probably really active on both, but you know, I don't know about you. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, let alone what I saw over here, over there. So <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, and plus the, the algorithms are changing so much. I mean, are they really seeing, I mean, it's not like they're going to necessarily see everything that you post anyway. So yeah. I guess if it is worthy to post, why not, you know, yeah. push it out there. Yeah. You exactly. said something that um, sort of uh, <clears throat> I always struggle with. Uh, you had mentioned personal and business. Yeah. You know, what is the balance? I mean, so, you know, obviously I have a lot more, uh, well, not on, I can't say that on Facebook because Facebook, we have a huge, um, we have almost 40,000 likes on our Facebook page. Um, but I kind of feel like people don't see things that I post. So I feel like, you know, so I, I, I sometimes will share those business type um, posts on my personal Facebook page. And I don't know that that's good to do. I mean, is there a rule of thumb? Do you recommend doing that or not at all? Or what's the balance? Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, Facebook, just like Instagram has an algorithm. And, you know, especially with the business page, as you probably know, with the business page, when you post something, it goes out to a small percentage of the people who like your page. So if you have 10,000 people who like your page, you know, a hundred people might see it. And then based on how many people like, comment and interact with that post in the first hour, then it gets seen by more people and more people. And then it tends to fall out of the newsfeed somewhere around like three or four hours, unless it has a lot of steam. And we see that sometimes. Sometimes you go to your feed and you're like, oh, this is a post from yesterday morning. Why am I seeing it? Well, you're seeing it because there's a lot of interaction. So I still say a business page, I think it's still important. I think anything business related, that's kind of my barometer. Anything business related always goes to my business page first. Videos, content, anything kind of business related. And like you said, I will share some of that from my business to my personal profile on Facebook. And I think that's fine as long as that's not all you're doing on, on your, your Facebook personal profile. If all you're doing on your Facebook personal profile is talking about business, you're going to annoy everybody. <laughs> no one's going to tune yeah. in. So I think from time to time, but one thing I will say on your business page is that's huge. Actually, there's two things. If I, if you don't mind me sharing two, two quick tips here on your business page. Love it. Okay. So one is Facebook live, which I know is not like, you know, a breaking news thing, but like, it's still 
Facebook Live is still really one of the best pieces of content, if not the best piece of content that you can do on your business page to get a lot of engagement. So I highly recommend that. And not just like going live for the sake of live, but like making it an, an event, scheduling it in advance, telling people about it, promoting it, uh, and then promoting the replay. Like that alone will just give your page and other posts on your page a big boost. And then the second piece of that is responding to every single comment. So when I do a Facebook Live and I get a bunch of comments, I go back and I answer. I don't just like every comment, but I go back and I answer every comment. Every time I have a post on my business page and I get two or three comments, I go in and I comment on every single comment. Because as you know, when you do that, that person gets a notification, then they come back to the post. And in the eyes of Facebook, it's a conversation. And Facebook prioritizes content that sparks a conversation. So going back and connecting with people so valuable. And that applies to LinkedIn, to Facebook, to Instagram. And your listeners could do that right now. Like go back to your last post that you did yesterday and comment on every single one of those. And you'll get another five people who never saw it yesterday and they'll join in that conversation. So it's, it's just a, it's a small thing. That makes when sense. you go live, let's say like on Facebook, you go live. Does everybody that likes your page, will they all get notification? No. They don't all get a notification. So it's, it works kind of like the, the algorithm where when you go live, if first of all, <clears throat> if, if people have turned on notifications for your page, then they'll, then they'll see it right away. But most people haven't done that. So a small percentage of the people who you're friends with or who like your page get a notification. And then the longer you're on live, the more it goes out to people. It's like dropping a pebble in a pond and it's like a small ripple and a big, you know, kind of the, it ripples out. So Interestingly, with video, we say keep your videos short, right? But Facebook Live, like the longer you go live, the better. If you can do a Facebook Live for 10 or 15 minutes or even longer, some of my Facebook Lives are 30 or 40 minutes because I'm doing like this. So we're like, we're doing an interview and it's a back and forth. And the longer you can be on live, typically, the more people you're going to have tuned in. That's, I did not know that. So the longer you stay on, then more people are being notified after time is going on. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And the more you can get people to, to interact. So for example, on a Facebook live, I always like start right away. I welcome people. I'll tell them what I'm going to tell them. Um, and then I try to do some things that are engaging. You know, I'll say, Hey, let me make sure you can hear me. Okay. Comment below. Let me know where you're tuning in from comment below. And so people start commenting and that's kind of sparks the algorithm as well to have that be sent out to more people. Um, and then I might ask simple questions as I'm going through the live. I'll say like, you guys agree with me? Give me a thumbs up if you agree or thumbs down if you disagree. Or I'll say, hey, if this is really resonating with you, like tag a friend in the comments or feel free to share it out. Like little, little tiny yeah. things like that can make a difference. And sometimes too, when I'm on live on my business page from my phone, so I might be live on my computer, but on my phone, I'll take it and I'll share it to my personal profile. Or if you have an assistant, <laughs> Melissa, you could maybe do that as well. Like having someone behind the scenes to kind of share it out also helps too. Well, that's great information because we have been doing uh, some Facebook Live, but we just kind of rock with it. You know, we turn it on and and don't we don't address the comments or questions to the end. So, you, but but I'm hearing what you're saying. I know a lot of the times now that you're saying that I'll see people stop and scroll up and say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, oh, hey, how's it going from Washington?" Or you know, whatever. And they'll so that's good to do. Yeah. And, and use their name. Like if you're like, Hey Todd, Hey Melissa, Hey Joe, like 
all of a sudden people are like, oh, they saw me. And they're more likely to watch for an extra 10 seconds, 20 seconds, a couple minutes. I mean, it's, there's just something about using someone's name, you know, like they, they're, they're seen, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, yeah, I usually try to address it in the beginning and then I get into the meat and potatoes of my content. Um, and then usually somewhere in there, I will say too, like, Hey, if you have any questions, post them below. And you know, when you first start doing Facebook live, you may not get a whole lot of interaction, but the more you do it, the more you'll get comments. And then I also usually say too, Hey, if you're watching this later on the replay, leave me a comment below. Let me know that you watched the replay. Because a lot of times you'll get more people who watch the replay, especially if you did a good job promoting the replay because that's, how, that's kind of how I think about a Facebook Live. Like it's like a, before what you do before, what you do during, and then what you do after. It's like this, I don't know. I don't want to say magical formula, but <laughs> it is kind yeah, of like Yeah, well, let's a, talk about like that for a second. <laughs> you know, yeah, let, let's, let's talk about that because a lot of people watching this, they might say, well, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, they, I don't have, you know, somebody I'm interviewing or whatever. Yeah. When should I go live? How should I do it? Yeah. And I know, um, you know, I, I've, read some books where they talk about even in public speaking you should have some kind of like a through line you know something that mm -hmm. kind of takes you from the beginning to an end or yeah. i guess in this case even that could be your story you know or even mm -hmm. if it's short you know but like a through line but what advice can you offer to somebody that has never done it that is going oh my gosh what if somebody doesn't go on yeah you know will i look like a fool you know <laughs> i mean a lot of this is just kind of overcoming these yeah. you know personal hurdles yeah i mean it's it is a little nerve-wracking i mean i've done a lot of facebook lives and it's still a little nerve-wracking you're like what if i look what if i look dumb like what if no one tunes in what if i push the wrong button like there's there's that whole level of it and so i try to just recognize that that's always going to be there. So how I can help myself be more confident is by being prepared. You know, it's a lot like when you give a speech, some people are like, Oh, I'm just going to wing it. I'll feel more comfortable. Well, that may sound great in theory, but then you're up there like giving a toast and feeling like, Oh my gosh, I should have thought about what I was going to say, you know? And it's the same thing with a Facebook live. Like it doesn't have to be scripted, but anytime I go live, I always have like a little post-it note or like, a notepad and I've always written down just a few thoughts of like what it is I want to say, you know? Um, and I always recommend for people that think like a storyteller in the sense of like every good story has a beginning, a middle and an end. It's like, it's like what we learned in grade school, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them and then wrap it up. So my kind of formula is I would start off by welcoming people. You know, it's like you're having a party, right? What would you do when you open the front door to your house? You're going to welcome people. Come on in, right? You welcome people. You introduce yourself. This is who you are. This is what company you're with. And then what do you, why are you live? Like, what are you talking about? And again, I kind of ahead of time, you might think about, okay, gosh, what am I going to talk about? Maybe I'm going to talk about the questions people ask me all the time. These are the five questions I get asked the most, or I'm going to talk about, I really like working with first time home buyers. So maybe I'll give a few first time home buyer tips. Um, or you know, maybe right now because of, you know, the kind of the, the crazy world we're in right now with what's happening in our, in our world. Maybe I'll talk about my five most favorite restaurants that I'm ordering takeout from and the specials that they're offering right now. So you want to tell people what you're going to, what you're going to talk about, have a few notes. I like to kind of think in terms of like numbers. So I might say, Hey, today I'm going to share with you three tips or five ways or two things. Like I just find that that's digestible, you know, when you tell people a number 
and it's also easy to plan. So then you go through, okay, one, two, three. And then maybe during that you're saying, hey, let me know what you guys think, comment below. Like you're maybe doing a little bit of interaction. And at the end, you wanna just wrap it up and say, hey, thanks so, so much for tuning in. And if you watch this later on the replay, thank you. Leave me a comment below if I can answer any questions. And if you'd like more information, go to my website or send me an email. You kind of have a sort of a call to action at the end. What do you want people to do? Um, and that I think is just kind of a simple formula. If you think about it ahead of time, prepare ahead of time, um, you know, and then, and then you can, and then you can go from there. That's, I would say some, some basic starting points <laughs> for a lot of people. They're great tips. <laughs> and yeah. one other thing I would say really quick, um, is you can actually on your Facebook personal profile, when you go live on your personal profile, <clears throat> one of the things that will happen, whether it's on your phone or your computer, it'll ask you to like write a title, like, what are you going to go live about? And then it'll say, for me, it says friends, because by default, I'm going to go live to my friends, but I could change that. And you could change it to public for everybody, or you can actually change it. There's a little drop down that says only me. <laughs> so if you want to go live only to yourself, that's actually a great way to do it for the first time. That way you can actually see like, what do you look like? And what do you sound like? And what buttons to push? Like nobody sees it. And if it's terrible afterwards, you can just go back and delete it. <laughs> so that's a little. Can you post it if it's not terrible? I mean, you yeah, can. Yeah, totally. It'll. What'll happen is you go live. If you go live to yourself, it's going to be on Facebook, but only you can see it. And then when you're done, you can go back and watch it if you want, or if you already know, like, oh, that was actually not bad. You just go back to that post and you just change the settings. You change the privacy settings. It's just a little drop down. You can change it from only me to friends or public, whatever you're most comfortable with having it shared. Yeah. So will that change it to back to almost like a live where people would interact or does that it just, you know, from the, your friends will know that was a recording and they'll, they'll know that it wasn't live. Yeah. They'll know it's not live. It'll say okay. Todd was live. That's what it will say. And so they'll gotcha. it'll look like a video, sure. uh, but they'll know that it was a live video. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. That's, yeah. that's awesome to know, you know, now really, um, obviously getting an audience to talk to, I mean, that seems to be the challenging thing. So if you're <laughs> just, if you have a business, you don't want to annoy your friends. I mean, obviously you can <laughs> spam people with friend requests, which happens yeah. all the time. Um, I know I get a ton of them and, uh, but how do you get, let's just talk about the different platforms and some recommendations. Uh, or advice on how do we get, um, how do you get followers? How do you get, you know, followers on your Instagram? How do you get likes on your business page? Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of that has to come down to content, honestly. And it's content that isn't just dependent on a certain platform, right? So it's not just Facebook Live, it's not just Instagram content. As much as I love Facebook and Instagram, like they could change, right? It's, it's like, it's rented ground. That's not my platform. I don't own it. Right. So I think to build any kind of community, you have to think about, is there content that you can create that if Facebook went away tomorrow, you'd be fine. And so it's content like this podcast content, video content, blog content. It's, I call it pillar content. Pillar content is something that typically takes time, money sometimes, or energy <laughs> to create and it's that type of content where over the course of time, if you can put out a weekly podcast or a weekly video or a weekly blog post, 
that type of content over the course of time can make a huge difference. You know, I'll just give you an example with YouTube. We started three, uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, putting out a weekly video every single week. Now we had done video, but it was like kind of like random here and there, but we were like, no, I'm going to do a show. We're going to do it every week. And we started doing it every week. And now it's pretty amazing. There's people who find me and I've been in this business a long time, but it's still amazing to me how people come to me and they're like, oh, I just found you last week because of your YouTube channel. Oh, I just found you, you know, a couple weeks ago because of your podcast. Like that type of content over the course of time can really help to build your audience in, in, in a big, big way. Um, that, and also I would say having a focus on building your email list too. You know, I know email is not very exciting. Like it's not as exciting as Instagram or Facebook live, but like just like your content, you own your email list, right? So getting a database organized and as part of your plan, as part of your content plan, when you start creating that content, not just posting it on Facebook or YouTube, but also sending it out to your email database, doing like maybe a weekly or monthly email newsletter where it's not canned, it doesn't look like everybody else's because it's your content. And so getting in that mode, I think of being a content creator, like you're, I mean, you're doing a great job of that, Todd, you're producing this, you're producing a lot of great original content and it's not the easy button. It takes, it takes time to do that. But the benefit is then people start following you and connecting with you and content really helps to attract the people you want to work with. And it also helps to build relationships and build community. So having this pillar content and that, that, that is a great analogy. Um, so having the pillar content and being able to spread that, uh, you know, maybe across different platforms and then letting them choose where they want to follow you or like yes. you or get that content. So it may yeah. be that they see something through an email and they notice maybe you have the icons, you know, the social media icons. And if they really like Instagram and you're posting some things on Instagram, they might follow you that way. Or, you know, if they like are more comfortable with Facebook, they will look you or click that Facebook icon yeah. and then like your page there. So that, that, that's really good because I know a lot of people, our agents um, as well, you know, really struggle with, you know, how do I get the followers? How do I create the content? But what I hear you saying is consistency is important. Yeah. It's as, 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 as important as the content itself. You're posting every Wednesday yeah. or every Friday. So they're, they're expecting something. And it's yeah. keeping you to actually think about what you're going to post to. And you're putting time into it um, so that it's, the content's good. Yeah. And it's the, it's the best accountability. You know, the day that I said, Hey, I'm going to post a new video every week. I'm like, wow, I really need to post a new video once a week, you know? And it's the moment you tell somebody that you're going to do something. It's, it's yeah, literally the best accountability. And what I do um, is I batch create a lot of my content. I mean, if, if I'm going to sit down and do my hair and makeup and record one video, I might as well record like four or five. I do that with my podcast. I sit down and record two or three episodes all in one shot. And I just find that for me, when you get into that mode, it's like, it's like anything. I mean, are you going to sit down and like write one card to a past client? Or are you going to sit down and maybe write like 10 thank you notes? Are you going to call one client? Or are you going to call like 10? Like, it's just getting into that mode. And when you kind of get into this batch creation mode, it helps. 
And I agree with what you said, Todd, consistency. And consistency builds trust. You know, that's, that's really the name of the game. Yeah. How long did it take you, you know, you say YouTube three years. I know for myself, YouTube's been a very hard platform to build. Um, I think now we have, Melissa, what do we have? 271, I think. 271 as of this subscribers. morning. Yeah. And we've really been trying to build that. It's hard to get people to hit that subscribe button. And by the way, if you're watching this and you haven't done it yet, <laughs> Hit the subscribe, please. Click the yes. little bell so you get an alert. And Katie would love for you to do this to do the same thing um, for yes. her. But it is, it's very hard to get people. And I know originally, you know, I was thinking, you know, I was trying to post a lot of content to YouTube and and realizing that the YouTube subscribers tolerance is much different than the Facebook. You know, they'll unsubscribe quickly on YouTube if you're kind of like giving them junk, you know, yeah. not why they signed what they signed up for, I guess. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, but you said it took you three years. At what point? I mean, I'm seeing, I mean, you have a lot of, you know, views on your videos. And yeah. I mean, at what point did you see that start to change, you know, to where yeah. you were really starting to get the comments? Like, I, I don't I don't get any comments on my yeah. videos hardly at all. You know, at what point, because it is tough you, when you're doing it, you're like, gosh, am I wasting my time doing this? Yeah. Is this really working? You know, <laughs> when does, when do you start to see the payoff? I think for me, I, I mean, I probably have to look back at the numbers, but I, I think it took probably, a, I would say a good six months, to be honest with you. I mean, it might've happened before that, but I, I remember feeling the same way. I was like, I'm just posting stuff and like, you know, 20 views, 10 views, one like, I'm like, this is pathetic, right? Like, I just didn't feel like anything was happening. And it was, it was like a snowball, right? Kind of slowly building. And um, I mean, we're up to about 5,000 subscribers, which is, you know, nothing compared to like some of the big YouTubers but, out there, right? But that's um, still amazing. Like, I know how hard that is. <laughs> right. I mean, I was, I think we were like 150 or 100 something when I first started. And so I think the things that made a big difference is um, picking a specific day every week that we that we were publishing because YouTube actually re rewards that. Like if you are consistently at the same day and and preferably even the, around the same time, we usually publish every Wednesday right around nine or ten a.m. So we try to do that. Um, I've also found that the first hour that a video is on YouTube, it's like the magic hour. And I learned this at an event I went to a couple of years ago and like, it was like a golden nugget, like a light bulb for me. So when we publish a video on YouTube in that first hour, we will send an email to our database just about that video. So the, like it's a dedicated email. And the only thing that that email is about is that video. It's like a little blurb, two or three sentences, and then a link to the video for more information that's taking people right back to YouTube. The other thing we do in that first hour is we, we post it on Instagram. So I'll post a little, maybe like a, a, a clip of the video on Instagram and I'll say, you know, click the link in my bio to watch the full video on YouTube. I'll also do an Instagram story where I'll say, hey, you know, we just posted this video or have you ever had this issue? Guess what? We just posted a video. There's a small clip on Instagram, but you can watch the full video on YouTube. YouTube and Instagram work really, really well together because when you click a YouTube link from Instagram, it takes you right there. Versus Facebook, it's like kind of wonky and you got to sign into Facebook, which makes no sense. Yeah, right. They might not be logged in, right? I do have a question. With you having, you're directing them to YouTube, would you ever consider putting that same video on IGTV? Yeah. 
So we do, we just do it a few days later. So every Wednesday, my video comes up on YouTube. And by the way, we also take that YouTube video, we turn it into a blog post, we get it transcribed. Like there's a bunch of stuff that happens with that one piece of content. Like I'm just a huge believer in repurposing it. So Wednesday it goes up on YouTube and then I think it's Monday. So like five days later, we put it up on IGTV. And the way it looks on IGTV, it's, it's similar but different. IGTV is that vertical format. <clears throat> so we have like, and I have a video editor, so full disclosure, I don't do this all myself. <laughs> Although there are some great apps out there that, uh, that can help you do it. But we have a video editor and he just has like a vertical template. So we put it up in IGTV, same video, but it's five days later. And like in the world of social media, that's like a lifetime. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's great points. How how do you foster the comments? I mean, so if you're in YouTube, you know, how do you get comments on your video? <laughs> um, I think part of it is part of it's the topic, right? I mean, I've had certain videos where I'm like, oh, this will get a ton of comments, and it's like nobody crickets, right? And then other <laughs> videos. And I would say that's one area that I'm trying to be better at is going back and, and answering and responding to comments. In fact, just yesterday, I was going back to the last few videos and I was like, oh my gosh, look at all these comments, which is positive. But I think I'm still not quite used to it because for so long, I did not get comments. I feel like yeah. at first what happens is you start to get likes, then you start to get subscribers. And then finally, I feel like that's when you start to get comments. Like it takes time. Okay. So, um, uh, what I usually do, and I actually, I learned this from Gary Vaynerchuk because he does this all the time in his videos is he will ask a question at the end of his videos. So it's a very, like my sort of format in my videos is I do a little hook, like something to kind of grab their attention. Then I introduce myself. Then I will say something like, Hey, if you are watching this on YouTube, hit subscribe. And then I go into the meat of the video. It's usually like three tips, five tips, whatever. At the end, I'll remind people to subscribe. And then I always have a simple call to action. So I'll say like, you know, do you have a, uh, you know, what do you think? You know, and I'll ask something simple and I'll say comment below. And then I wrap up the video. So that I think helps because it gives people like a reason to, to comment. You're asking and it's gotta be something simple. You know, um, do you agree or disagree? Let me know in the comments below. Like it can't be are you, do you want to work together? Like, do you want to hire me? Like, that's not the question to ask, right? Like, and not even like, are you looking to buy or sell? Let me know. Like, that's not a question to ask in the comments, right? Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's more like, well, what do you think? Like, which neighborhood do you like better that I showed in this video, this one or this one? Or like, do you like traditional kitchens or more contemporary? Like, it's got to be like a really simple question because the right. point of it is just to get that interaction. Sure. So. Yeah, and one thing I have noticed on some of the videos that we do have comments on, a comment actually gets other comments. Yes, So it's kind of neat to see, you know, I guess people, once you start to get comments, you know, then you see where people will comment on the comment <laughs> and then it gets, and it kind of takes this life of its own kind of thing. So yeah. um, let's talk real quick about paid advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, because I know, you know, um, we had run a lot of Facebook. I think one of the ways that we've gotten so many Facebook likes, which is good and bad is, you know, I came up with this great, um, you know, series of, of ads that I created and, you know, and I had picked, you know, um, some audience types. And now things have changed a lot with that because, yeah. you know, in our industry, I think 
if you're in employment, financing, or housing, yeah. then you're really restricted. Mm -hmm. But on Facebook, it was called like a dark ad or dark yeah. post. And so what happened was the only ones that ever saw that were the ones that I paid to see it. And then all of the engagement that I received from those posts or those ads that I ran, nobody ever saw them on the feed. Mm. So, you know, I kind of felt like it was almost if I didn't continue to pay, you know, to get the interaction, yeah. the likes were happening. But yeah. as the minute that we'd stop paying for it, the instantly the likes stopped and went away. And it's like you said, yeah. you only get like 1% it was what I'm finding of people who actually even see your content. Mm. So almost 40,000 likes and the engagement sucks, really. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what do you tell somebody is, you know, how we built 40,000, almost 40,000 likes on our Facebook. Was that a good way to have done it? Or should mm -hmm. we have just focused on, like you said, that pillar content, where's the balance between paying for ads and just focusing on content and taking the slower, you know, um, ride. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough question because I think, I think there's pros and cons to both. I think there's, I think there's still a place for, for Facebook ads. I think, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who are running some successful lead generation ads, whether it's a lead ad, you know, and they're filling out a form right in Facebook, or they're using like a landing page uh, to, you know, drive leads to a specific landing page. Um, you know, there's a lot of ads around like, what is your home worth? Those tend to, you know, timelessly be, you know, successful ads. I, I think the challenge though, as you said, is, you know, Facebook has really locked down what you can do with ads. It used to be kind of like the wild, wild west, <laughs> you know, quite yeah. frankly. And now it's like, you can only, you know, market within, I think it's like 15 mile radius and, you know, it's very limited in terms of your targeting. So I, I mean, with, in terms of ads, I personally think that you have to be in it for the long game. Like you can't just run an ad for a day or two and like, see if it's successful or not, you know, and you almost have to run an ad for a little bit longer, maybe 10 days, 15 days, maybe even up to 30 days. And one thing I learned about ads recently too, is you shouldn't fiddle with an ad. Like it used to be where you'd go into an ad and you could change things. But like, apparently now I've talked to a Facebook ad expert recently and they were saying, no, don't fiddle with your ad. <laughs> like sure. just let it run, you know, and apparently that's supposed to make it better. So um, to be honest with you, uh, I actually have not run a Facebook ad in quite some time. Like I used to run a ton of ads and I personally scaled back on my advertising and we went all in on building content and, and organically building our audience. And, um, I mean, it's, it's been pretty amazing. Um, and I think we've also changed our strategy with Facebook. Most of what you see on Facebook, at least on my business page. Uh, is video content. It's it's primarily video content or it's content that I've created. Sometimes it's just text only content, like a, almost like a mini blog post. Um, I did this recently, you know, everybody's on Zoom and I'm like, well, I know how to use Zoom. I'm going to do a little kind of mini blog post on my Facebook business page about Zoom. Well, that post blew up, you know, because it's relevant. It's timely right now. Um, so I, I don't think it's wrong to do what you've done. I think it's amazing. I, I think that you can still engage that huge audience because that's a huge number. If you've got 40,000 likes on Facebook, that's huge. I think maybe just thinking about some of that pillar content, focusing more on video and Facebook live content, um, I think is, is huge. 
and then the last thing I would say too is we try to drive people to our business page. So I do a weekly email newsletter and some of the links in my email newsletter are going back to specific links in Facebook. For example, if I do a Facebook Live on a Tuesday and I'm sending my email newsletter out on a Saturday, well, that Saturday newsletter is going to have a link back to that Facebook Live and I'll say, hey, if you missed it, you can watch the replay. It was about X, Y, and Z. And so we're really strategic. I do the same thing with Instagram too. Like I will strategically think about is there a post or a replay or a video that I can link people back to um, in our email newsletter? I, I just feel like it's like this symbiotic relationship, <laughs> if that makes sense. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, Katie, you know, we really appreciate your time. I mean, this is something, you know, that you're an expert on. And I mean, we could, you know, be together for weeks here trying to, you know, <laughs> um, you know, navigate. I, I will tell everybody, you know, if I'm about three quarters of the way through your book, I love it. I've been taking notes the whole time. Oh, and, you. you know, I can't say enough, you know, uh, check her book out. Uh, it's an easy download on your Kindle or, you know, certainly, um, you know, get the, the hard copy and um, final thoughts, you know, what do you have to say kind of wrapping up, you know, getting people going. I mean, everybody's at home right now. They're yeah. looking at social media and maybe they're slow to start some final words of encouragement for them. Yeah. I would say my, my advice for, for anyone who's maybe stuck on what to say or what to post, or maybe you're, you don't want it to look like, <clears throat> you know, you're bragging. I mean, I think a lot of people have some, some concerns around like, how am I going to look on camera or what am I going to say? Like, I don't want to be that person. You know, I don't want to be annoying, things like that. And one tip I would really give you is look, look to see if there's an opportunity for you to shine the light on somebody else. You know, who can you shine the light on? Can you be a good finder? And I know we're going through obviously a really tough and challenging and, and unprecedented time right now. But I also think that this is something that can, that's really a, a timeless piece of advice. You know, a lot of the, the folks that uh, we've been working with are looking at like, you know, their local restaurants, their local businesses, their other people that they do business with. And, you know, when you think about social media, it's one thing to like something. It's one thing to comment, but the share, the share is like the ultimate currency in social media. So is there somebody in your circle that you could highlight? Maybe it's once a week, maybe it's once a month, but that's a great place to start. Or if you're, maybe you're a little bit more advanced. It's also a great way to be inspired in terms of video or Facebook live. Who can you shine the light on? Cause it's going to help build that for you, build that relationship with that other person. And it's going to be a great win-win. It's going to help your community. Um, and it's a, it's just a, it's a good thing to do. Be a helper. If you don't know what to do, be a helper. <laughs> yeah, that's all awesome. So Katie, thank you so much for your time. And we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of things you should know and reach out to Katie, get her book and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Katie. Sachs Realty, Maryland broker number 607720, office number 443-318-4514, equal housing opportunity.